With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand the warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck at even 30% or 100% less than the chain auto parts stores. Right, Locked On Pirates in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. You are Locked On Pirates. Your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Locked On Pirates. I'm your host, Ethan Smith. And after, you know, two pots of coffee and everything, the Pittsburgh Pirates still... Falls short against a very, very, very good Dodgers team, 2-1. to one. Billy McKinney and Max Muncy go deep. But guess what? Stephen Brault had a very good game. The Pirates had a very good game. You know, they scored a run in the seventh. They took the lead, but short but no dice. The Dodgers squeak away with one. Let's be honest. They definitely squeaked away with one here. Blake Tryon picks up the victory. Tashawn Shreve picks up the loss. Kenley Jansen picks up the save. But on tomorrow's podcast, Stephen Brault is very important to this rebuild, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm also going to preview games two and three of the series where the Pittsburgh Pirates may look a lot more competitive than you think they might here against this very strong Dodgers team. Loss number 77, it looks like they're going to get to the over 100 losses mark, which does not make me happy. But guess what? If it ends up in a World Series in 2024, I will be here with you at Locked On Pirates. Again, I am your host, Ethan Smith, who does the most at Locked On Pirates. And I will see you on the flip side. What's up, everyone? And welcome back to Locked On Pirates today on August 17th, Tuesday, August 17th. I hope you all are having a phenomenal Tuesday today. Sorry that the podcast is coming out a little late. We're working on some things that. Locked on Pirates will be on YouTube very soon, so get ready for that. I'll drop a link to the YouTube whenever we get started. Everything should be coming up pretty soon. But I am, of course, your host, Ethan Smith, who does the most here at Locked on Pirates. That was my immediate reaction to the Pirates' late-night loss to the Los Angeles Dodgers yesterday. A 2-1 to loss where the Pirates looked very competitive against one of the best teams in baseball, the defending champs in baseball. And you heard me ma- uh, mention Stephen Brault. And Stephen Brault, of course, I've been up and down about him. I love him. I've been basically extending my arms in gratitude for Stephen Brault. And I talked about it in that recap. I said, why is he so integral to the rebuild? Well, that's what you're here for today. Uh, Stephen Brault, for most intents and purposes, is the best pitcher on this pitcher's uh, Pirate staff right now. Tell, somebody tell me otherwise. Like, tell me otherwise, outside of Stephen Brault, who is better than him right now on this staff. Uh, it'd be very hard to do so. Right now, um, he's played against three very solid teams in his first three starts this year after, of course, being injured for all of the year until recently. August 4th against Milwaukee, four innings pitched, only three hits, one run. St. Louis, five innings pitched, five hits, two runs. Last night against the Dodgers, five and two-thirds, three hits, no runs. He did very well in all those games against three teams that are very solid baseball teams in St. Louis, Milwaukee, and the Dodgers. And his ERA sits at a 1.84, but what 
more importantly that he does is he hits the strike zone very well. He has great command on his fastball so far. His whip is below a one right now, which is also phenomenal. And this is not something that's like completely out of the realm that he doesn't usually do. Over his 103 career games in the MLB, 4.5 ERA, 284 strikeouts, 1.49 whip. He's what you get and what you expect from him, and there's nothing wrong with that. His pitch breakdown is awesome. He loves to hit the strike zone, especially the corners. But why is he so important to what the Pirates are trying to do here in the rebuild? Well, you look at the pitching right now, and JT Brubaker has taken a noticeable step back, but obviously I think he could still be a big part of this. Miguel Yohure is still on his way back from injury. Bryce Wilson, who his injury doesn't seem to be very long, is another young pitcher who they acquired, of course, in the Richard Rodriguez trade. But the one standout here about Stephen Brault now is Stephen Brault isn't not, he's, well, let's get one thing straight here. He's not the greatest pitcher in the world or anything. He's not like a transcendent talent, but he's one word and it starts with a C, consistent. You know what you're consistently getting from Stephen Brault every single time he goes out on the mound and pitches. Last night, you saw that against the Dodgers. He was just phenomenal. And, of course, Derek Shelton has already kind of said he is on a pitch limit, usually around 75 to 80 pitches, which is why you probably won't see him go more than five innings most of the time just because he was on the IL for four months. I mean, actually longer than that. It was a lot longer than that. It was like five or six months almost where he just was not – really playing. I mean, he just started his rehab assignment maybe a month and a half ago. So Stephen Brock comes back, though. But every time he goes on the mound, you have to think, yeah, the offense isn't great at all. We know that. That's a big reason why they lost yesterday. But also the bullpen blew the save yesterday as well. But here's the thing. Stephen Brault just goes out on the mound and does his job. And he's also one of the most interesting people in the freaking world. I mean, he's a podcaster like me. Uh, He does a bunch of other different things. And, I mean, it's just good to have a guy like that. And like I think I said this last week on the podcast as well, I think Stephen Brault is going to be the opening day starter in 2022. I don't see a reason why he wouldn't be. Because then you also, I mean, the 2022 pitching staff is going to be very interesting just because you're going to have guys like a Chad Cool, you're going to have guys like Stephen Brault, you're going to have Miguel Yahure, Bryce Wilson, JT Brubaker, Mitch Keller, all trying to fight for spots, maybe even a Dylan Peters who looked pretty good the other day as well. But here's the thing, Stephen Brault's important to this because, yeah, he's 29, but he's also still under contract for a year or two. So he's still there for a hot minute. It's not like he's just going to fall off the face of the earth and be gone here. And the wonderful thing about Stephen Brault as well is he can teach these younger guys how to do things. And it's also very rare that you find a left-handed pitching arm that's consistent like that. They saw Tyler Anderson do it while Stephen Brault was gone, but they also knew Stephen Brault was coming back. And if you had to ask me, the way Stephen Brault looks right now, he basically looks like Tyler Anderson at the beginning of this year. So that's a very valuable asset to have, especially if you want to win. And I mean, he's also cheap too. You might not have to pay him that much money, or even if you want to, you could flip him like Anderson next year as a trade asset. Stephen Brault is very important to this rebuild because he gives the Pirates a consistent chance to win every time he goes out on the mound. And he's shown that through these first three games. And again, wins don't mean that much this year, but maybe next year they might mean something a little more, depending on what the MLB decides to do rule change-wise. We might see an expanded playoff, all that kind of stuff. 
Not saying the Pirates are going to compete in 2022, but you know if Stephen Brault is on the mound, you have a very good shot at doing so. And the thing is with Stephen Brault as well, the guy is just a good pitcher. The Pirates don't have many of those right now. He's a very good pitcher. And you're not paying him a lot of money either. It's not like you're forcing your hand here. And the thing is with Stephen Brault, and I've said the thing is, the thing is like a lot, but you don't get five and two-thirds scoreless innings from anybody else really on this staff right now. It's just not happening. And when you get that from him, especially a guy who's been on the IL the entire season, he only gave up five base runners in the game last night. Against the Dodgers team that has a very good offense. Of course, Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts weren't playing, but still a very good offense for all intents and purposes. Every time Stephen Brault goes on the mound right now, Buckos fans should be elated to see him play. They should be. Like me and Gary said on the podcast a couple weeks ago, you might as well throw a parade for Stephen Brault when he comes back. But don't be surprised if he becomes an integral part of this rebuild. He's only 29. Maybe, and, and you never know, he might turn the, cor- or turn the corner at age 30 and be the next Francisco Liriano. He could be that. And guess what? You don't even have to go sign him. He's already here. So Stephen Brault, keep an eye on him, guys. Keep an eye on him. He's a very big, important part of this rebuild. And, you know, if you want to bet on this rebuild or bet on anything that you like betting on in the world of sports, make sure you go to betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKED ON. That's LOCKED ON in all caps, and that's from Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, everyone, I guess it's finally time for me to address this on the podcast. And uh, welcome back again to Locked On Pirates, of course, on Tuesday, August 17th. The Pittsburgh Pirates are facing off against the Los Angeles Dodgers in LA. Uh, right now, they will play game two tonight late again, so I will have two more pots of coffee as I uh, watch the Pittsburgh Pirates later on tonight. And here's the deal. Baseball's biggest problem is not marketing. It's not marketing young players. It's not any of that. The Los Angeles Dodgers, heading into this season and right now, have a $139 million payroll. Okay? Okay. Um, $139 million, and that's just on their 26-man roster, okay? That's not counting their 40-man. That's not counting all that. So their 2021 total payroll is $267 million. The next closest team to them is the New York Yankees, by no surprise, with $203 million. That's a pretty lengthy difference in, in money. Um, and then we scroll down a very long path, and counting everything... The Pittsburgh Pirates have a $54 million payroll, which is 28th in baseball, just ahead of Baltimore and Cleveland. What's the problem there? Well, the problem there is the league average right now is about 
$110 million. So the Pittsburgh Pirates, who of course are in rebuild mode, have a, again, a payroll of $54 million, while the Dodgers, who just came off of a World Series win, have a payroll of $267 million. Now, for a person who doesn't watch baseball, that's not me, I watch baseball every day, but if we're talking about someone in your life who doesn't watch baseball, show them those two numbers. Just show them those two numbers, $267 million or $54 million. Just show them those numbers. What's the main issue there? Well, first of all, the NFL, for example, has a salary cap. That's why the NFL is one of the most unpredictable sports that you can watch. Uh, of course, there's very good teams that know how to manipulate the salary cap. Every team, every team and every sport with a salary cap knows how to do it. The NBA, for example, is able to spread its talent around like a Paul George, like a Kawhi Leonard, like a LeBron James, like a Giannis, like a whoever, because they have a salary cap. They're also able to pay these players to stay in these small markets like Portland has done for so many years with Damian Lillard. Same thing with football in small markets. Um, you could consider Pittsburgh a small market in a way, but they're able to keep players here because they pay them under the salary cap. Hockey, for example, even has a salary cap. Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin have stayed with Pittsburgh for so long because they can afford to pay them because they have to abide to a salary cap. That's just how these sports work. For some reason, though, baseball is said, we're just going to work off of a payroll where you can, as long as you can pay your money, you're good. And, of course, the team coming off of the World Series that they just won and being in a market like L.A. where they sell merch like it's hotcakes is going to have a bigger payroll than a team in Pittsburgh who is rebuilding and does that. Now, We've talked, I've talked about this at length with people before, and here's the idea. I don't think there necessarily needs to be a salary cap, because if there's a salary cap, what's going to happen is teams like the Dodgers are going to be forced to trade guys like Cody Bellinger and a Mookie Betts and a Trey Turner and a Max Scherzer, or the Astros would be forced to trade Kyle Tucker or Jordan Alvarez, or the Yankees would have to trade Anthony Rizzo or just let him walk. Because you'd have to get under that salary cap. But why not do this? And I know this is tough, but just implement a salary floor. Just do it. Just implement a salary floor saying your team has to be at least making this much money at this point at the beginning of the season. And I have to stay over that number for the entire year. Or even make the exception where it's like for a month, if you make a trade with a big player, you can trade that player away and be under that number for a certain amount of time. How many problems in baseball would be fixed with that? Because realistically, as Pirates fans, we know this is a rebuild. The Pirates, as recently as a decade ago, in 2013 through 2015, were a team that was competing for a World Series that didn't have the most payroll in the world. We've seen that across baseball all the time. The Baltimore Orioles have done it. The Texas Rangers have also done it. The Detroit Tigers have done it. The Kansas City Royals have won a World Series with a smaller payroll. But guess what? The problem here is that's very rare. What teams are usually always there that have big payrolls? The New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Houston Astros, the Atlanta Braves, 
Those teams right now all have very high payrolls. For the teams I just mentioned, the Dodgers are first in payroll, Yankees second, Houston's fourth, Boston's sixth, Atlanta's 13th. They're all in the top 15. They're all in the top. Because if you look at the teams right now that are competing for um, playoff spots, almost every team in that top 15 except the Chicago Cubs, because they just traded away half of what they have, are no longer there. So, you look at the teams like Milwaukee, who's 19th and competing for a playoff spot, but they're doing it the right way. They've been able to build talent and everything. But then you look at the teams that aren't competing for playoff spots that are doing very well, like the Pittsburgh Pirates, like the Baltimore Orioles, Even the Cleveland Indians have had a pretty decent year, but they're last in payroll. The Arizona Diamondbacks are 21st. The only teams that are really outliers to the payroll dilemma are Tampa Bay, because they're running the AL East, because they know, like, they just have masterminds in that front office. The Oakland Athletics, and I'll say Seattle and Milwaukee. That's it. Everybody else in there is, like, way below payroll, and it's awful, because there's basically no chance that they can ever compete. Because why is a guy who can go make three years, $90 million or something like that in the Dodgers organization going to come to the Pirates to play for three years, $70 million? It just doesn't happen very often. It doesn't. So the only chance that these small market teams have is that they get transcendent talents. And those transcendent talents build up into something that can change them and baseball also doesn't do the greatest job of marketing these small market teams either because here's the deal why in the world would the major league baseball pay attention to what the orioles or the mariners are doing when their payrolls are so low but it's also an issue with baseball's just generosity of saying well big market teams make money it's all money thing and I usually get at a loss of words, as you see I am right here, but they have a competitive balance issue. It's a competitive balance issue. That's what it is. There's no if ands, or buts about it. Half of the teams in Major League Baseball are out of the playoff picture already. Name them. The Pirates, the Cubs, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Marlins, Orioles, Every team in the AL, AL Central except the freaking White Sox. The Rangers. They're out of it too. Like all these teams are just out of the playoff picture with two months left in the season. Does MLB understand that if they actually implemented some kind of salary cap or salary floor, how crazy the playoffs would be even with an expanded playoff? Teams would be way more equipped to compete and you'd have 10 or 11 of the 15 teams in each league gutting for the playoffs every year. You really would. And it would make for baseball to be very fun. And it's an inability of small market teams like the Marlins, like the Pirates. Miami's technically a big market, but it's not a big market for baseball. They can't compete with the big market teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers because we saw it at the trade deadline. The trade deadline was the best Example of this, Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo and Clay Holmes go to the Yankees. Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo 
go to the Yankees because they can afford it. Even better, Max freaking Scherzer and Trey Turner go to the Dodgers because they could afford it. The Pirates could never do that because they can't afford it. And it sucks because being a big Pirates fan and being a part of this competitive landscape is just something that's very, very hard to find because they've almost dwindled down baseball as a business. Every sport is a business, but it still has play on the field. Like the NFL is a business. But realistically, a good 10 of the 16 teams that are in the uh, conferences in the NFL, with each conference having 16 teams, compete for those seven playoff spots every year. You just All you have to do is watch it and go look at it. The NBA, for example, just implemented the play-in tournament this year, which 15 teams in each conference there, about 11 or even 12 of them are almost all competing for playoff spots every year now with the play-in tournament if they keep it. The NHL, for example. The NHL is like the most unpredictable sport on the planet because of the salary cap. Because almost every team is equally matched. The Penguins and the Islanders series was an equally matched series for the most part, minus Tristan Jari. Even the Stanley Cup final, the Canadians couldn't do anything because the Lightning manipulated the salary cap the way they wanted to, but that's just how it is. But contending seasons versus uncontending seasons based on payroll, just go look up the numbers and you'll see payroll equals winning, unless you're the Tampa Bay Rays. That's it. The Tampa Bay Rays are the one outlier. And this is something I just wanted to get off of my chest. It, it bothers me, but I also understand it. It's one of those things where you just really, you just have to live with it as a small market fan and hope for the best. But that's sad. I shouldn't have to hope for the best because a team is spending $267 million on their team. And go look at the salary caps of every other league. No team is spending that much money, even close to that much money on their teams and any of the other four major sports leagues. Anyways, today's episode is, of course, brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend... 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need and think of for your car or truck. And go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution for all your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On Pirates in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. And today's episode is also brought to you by Wild Alaskan Company. Wild Alaskan Company delivers high-quality, sustainably-sourced wild-caught seafood right to your door. Choose from salmon, white fish, or a combination, and every month there are different specials to explore. Each shipment contains premium, wild-caught, individually-wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's ready to prepare and easy to cook. Wild Alaskan Company seafood is how nature intended it to be. Always wild, never farmed or modified, and it contains no antibiotics. 
You can adjust, pause, or cancel your membership anytime, and they offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Get your nutrition from nature with Wild Alaskan Company, and right now, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com MLB. That's wildalaskancompany.com MLB for $15 off of your first box, and make sure to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Welcome back to the final segment of today's episode of Locked on Pirates today on Tuesday, August 17th. Again, I hope you're all having a phenomenal day. Thank you so much for listening, as you always do. And let's go look and see how some of these other Pirates are doing that we uh, traded away at the deadline. And let's start with Adam Frazier, who has been seeing some time in the outfield primarily for the San Diego Padres this year. He's still batting a very significant 315 right now, but he's seen a very big uh, dip in his production over the last 15 games. 283 average, I mean, it's still not terrible, but not what he was doing in Pittsburgh whatsoever. Uh, in the last 30 games, 268, and his last seven, 214. The Padres, of course, have also been slumping a little bit as well, but Tatis is back, so we'll see what happens there. Um, and you look at what he's done in San Diego so far. He's hitting 268 as a Padre. He was hitting 324 as a Pittsburgh Pirate. And I haven't been watching it too much, but I have heard he's been doing pretty well still. And hopefully the Padres make the playoffs so we can watch Adam Frazier ball out over there in Slam Diego, as they like to call it. As I like that pickup for them still, but again, I think it was pretty air apparent that he was going to eventually slump. And I think it's finally happening right now. Um, And then we'll look at Clay Holmes, who has also uh, seen some different success in New York. Uh, with the Pirates this year, he had that nice little um, 1.43 whip that he had with a 4.93 ERA. But in seven games as a New York Yankee, he has a 2.16 ERA, two holds, and eight and one-thirds innings pitch. So he's helped the Yankees a lot in their quest to get back to the postseason so far. And realistically, the Yankees, they have a really good shot here of catching the Oakland Athletics at some point. And Clay Holmes, you never know, could be that little piece that in that final game of the season he gets a hold for one of their guys to save the game eventually for them. And then the one of the last guys that I wanted to touch on was Tyler Anderson. Tyler Anderson, of course, so far does not have a decision in his first three games as a Mariner. Four, uh, 3.45 ERA, which is lower than what he had on the Pirates. So he's been kind of helping the Mariners, mainly because the Mariners didn't really have a consistent starting pitcher at all. But one thing that I like to see about a lot of these guys, uh, especially when it comes to success elsewhere, is I'm never going to be that guy like, oh, he's not on the Pirates anymore. I hope he doesn't do well. I hope all these guys do well. I hope Clay Holmes does well. I hope that um, Austin Davis does well in Boston. I hope Adam Frazier and the Padres make the playoffs and give the Dodgers a run for their money. I hope all that happens. Um, But speaking on that now, the Pittsburgh Pirates, of course, will go into L.A. again tonight. L.A., of course, a minus 320 favorite on betonline.ag. And Will Crow will face off against David Price. It looks like David Price will be the starter for the Los Angeles Dodgers tonight against Will Crow. Last night, the Dodgers were in a bullpen game because of a lot of different stuff. So we'll see how it goes. The Pirates, of course with two wins here against the Dodgers that they could pull it off, could get to win 19-20 and 20 on the road. Dodgers, of course, 37-20 and 20 at home. Max Muncie, big reason why they won last night with the go-ahead home run. Billy McKinney as well. So we'll see what the Pirates can do here from Will Crow. 
All I'm really looking for him in this game is just don't mess it up. Just just throw strikes. If they hit stuff, they hit stuff. It is what it is. And the Dodgers series, again, I saw like what I saw last night, I enjoyed what I saw. The Pirates were a competitive baseball team against a team, again, that's well overpaid to them, and they lost by one run. Uh, you can't be mad at that. They did strand 10 runners on base, though, so I'd like to see the Pirates fix that tonight. If they have guys on base, let's get them, in, let's get them home. Let's get them home. Let's get some runs on the board, make the Dodgers uncomfortable. That's how you have to do it against these better teams. You have to make them uncomfortable. And again, I kind of like these West Coast games, too, just because you get to see how different it is playing a game this late. I mean, we didn't finish, I don't think, until like almost 1 o'clock last night, which was fun. Um, but the Dodgers series, again, that's what I'm looking for from the Pirates from here on out. You look at their next couple series, I mean, they get the Dodgers two more times at St. Louis, and then they play the Diamondbacks at home, then they play St. Louis again. A lot of games against the Cardinals here, and the Cardinals 61-56. and If they can keep capitalizing against the Pirates, they could propel themselves into that playoff picture. And then the White Sox to end out the month. So all I'm looking for, as always, just to see you guys improve individually and be competitive. Competitiveness teaches a lot when it comes to uh, baseball in general. And that's what I like to see. Is it's um, I want to see these guys be competitive. I don't want to see um, them just get blown out by the Dodgers every single game, you know? Like, I just don't want to see that kind of thing happen. And realistically, I'd enjoy the Pirates to win one of these last two games. Do I think it'll happen? No. If I was betting my money, I don't think it happens. But you can go on betonline.ag and do so if you would like to. I mean, I might do it as well just because I enjoy it. You can also check out the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling because betting on the league team or sport that you love doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, that will wrap it up for today. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Locked On Pirates and go ahead and follow the YouTube channel at Locked On Pirates as well. We'll be up and running on YouTube pretty soon. Also, make sure you follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan for all your updates on the Pittsburgh Pirates. And until next time, until tomorrow, I will see you on the flip side.